0: Love bombing. Yep. Manipulation. Check. Gaslighting. Uh-huh. Wow. I guess we really weren't the only ones. You got that right. Welcome to the X-Files, a new spin-off of X-Wives Undercover. Now we're sharing your stories of love gone wrong. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but more importantly, we stand together. Please be aware that this podcast is for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Previously on
1: the X-Files. In the last episode, Ted closed his consignment store, but not before getting called out for misconduct on the nightly news by his customers. Anna discovered that her engagement ring actually belonged to somebody else and that she had to give it back. But they did finally make it down the aisle as witnessed by the three felons in attendance. Ted took a new job, but his co worker, Dale, proved to be a particularly bad influence on him. Now, in this episode, we are in about the last third of Anna's almost decade long
0: relationship with Ted. All right, girl, you ready to do this? Let's do it. Season 5, Episode 6 Good Days, Bad Days, confusing days. Anna could tell a thousand stories of the next two years of her and Ted's marriage. There were good days, bad days, confusing days, but the most important were the clarifying days.
2: I mean, just like a good day with him would be like, you know, waking up and he's in a good mood and we can talk while we're getting ready to go to work and... You know, he goes to work with no problem. I go to work with no problem. He's checking in with me, texting me stuff all day long about his day and talking about what we're going to do that night. And You know, I usually always got home before him, and so I would cook dinner. And so, you know, good day. He'd come home and cook with me in the kitchen, and we'd listen to music and sing and joke around and talk. One of the reasons that I think I stuck stuck it out so long was because I loved our conversation. Um, so that would be like a good day. He, he would be calm. He would be um, straight, like like stable. You know, there wouldn't be any up and down. But <laughs> the hard part was was I never knew at what point that might change, or if I was going to say something that would set him off, or if I mentioned something or asked the wrong question that would set him off. Confusing days were days where I just, you know, I I. Well, one one day in particular, he he had started this job and he was struggling with this job. And he and I talked a lot about it. We had talked about like how he could approach his boss and talk about what he's confused about and what help he needs and that kind of thing. And so like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to have that conversation today. This is going to happen. And so, you know, I go to work and he goes to work and I'm thinking, great, he's going to have this conversation and they're going to get this worked out and, you know, it'll be fine. And instead what happened was he quit his job, (laughs) you know, I mean, like, and so it got to the point where I just couldn't trust what he was saying or, or believe what he was saying. So, you know, that was like a confusing day because I thought that things were one way and then all of a sudden they're completely different way. And they're like a life
0: changingly different way. I bet every day must have been a confusing day because, you know, just talking about your good days, you, you're still always walking on eggshells a little bit. Because yeah. you never know, hmm, why is he so happy right now? Wow, things are so great. But it could turn in a heartbeat and then you move into a bad day. Yeah. So when you talk about clarifying, clarifying days, did you mean that regarding clarification for why you stay with this man because you love him, clarification to make you stronger, to eventually leave Ted, or was it both?
2: It's it just a lot of that all combined because there were days of clarity where I, where I could just be like, well, this is who this guy is. Like he's not going to change. And so, you know, where the clarity came was like, either I have to accept it and just go, go along with my life the way it is right now, or I have to change it. So kind of where I went instead was just clinging on to the good days and the good times within the day, because sometimes we would have, you know, a good, uh, good morning and a really crappy afternoon and then a fine evening there was a point in this process where the clarity came to me that i was i was trapped
0: that oh shit moment yeah where
2: it's just like well you know this isn't him adjusting to life outside of prison this isn't him trying to find his way this is
3: just this is just him
2: remember how we talked i talked about how like a narcissist will put you on a pedestal and create a story about you in their mind that you're not aware of yeah. another thing that came to me in clarity is that i kind of did that with him i created a story about him in my mind about who he was and what he was about and what his truth and reality was and the story that i had written in my mind about him was uh a a total fairy tale and a total fable. So some of the clarity too was just coming to grips with the fact that like the story I wrote about him wasn't true.
0: During this two-year time frame, Anna and Ted went on two vacations, both to the beach and both with Anna's family. Anna's family had been going on this particular vacation for years now. They go to the same island... They rent the same house, eat the same meals, and love every second of the peaceful security that this trip has become for them. And as her family grew, it became more and more precious to all of them. Anna was so excited for Ted to come on this trip this year. She had visions of them walking on the beach, looking at the stars, playing in the water, and really connecting with her family. But instead... Ted complained the entire time. He was hot. Their room was not nice enough. The food was not good enough for him. He was tired on and on. And to be honest, yeah, this house was over 100 years old and none of the bedrooms are super nice, but they are very charming and quirky and Anna had loved every inch of that house. She knew it was only a matter of time before Ted would throw another one of his tantrums. On the fourth day, Ted started being distant and not talking to Anna. And when he stopped touching her, she knew she was in trouble. She had no clue what she had done, but she knew an explosion was about to erupt. And sure enough, it did on the fourth day of their vacation. They were getting ready to go to the beach and suddenly Ted said, you don't even love me, do you? And it was on.
2: I guess some people might think it's kind of like a type janky vacation because where we go, it's a little tiny island. You know, it's not like beautiful, clear water or, you know, white sand beaches. And we stay in the same house every single time. The house is like 100 and probably 140 years old now. And uh, it's janky and it's, you know, the floors are uneven and nine times out of 10, the air conditioner doesn't work and, you know, the fridge is rusted out, but it's, it's ours. It's, we love it. And uh, we, we have, you know, my twin nieces took their first steps in that house. So this is a very, very important thing for my family. The, The complaining started immediately because it was hot. You know, he was mad because of how much it cost and that, you know, we were staying in like a not not very, the house is gorgeous, it's beautiful, you know, it's just a, a very old beach house. And so, you know, everything that goes with it. He wanted to stay at like a super nice hotel. He was frustrated with our room because the bedroom we were in didn't have air conditioning um, in it. So we had to use fans to stay cool. He didn't like that. He said, it's not fair. We're paying a lot of money to be here. We should have a room with air conditioning just like everybody else, blah, blah, blah. Like, well, this is just how it is. You know, this is the room I stay in. This is my room. I've always stayed in this room. This is my room. (laughs) And I love this room. And so this is where we're going to stay. He complained about the heat, the humidity, about um, the sand everywhere. Duh, we're at the beach. Most of all, he complained about the time that I was spending with my family. He was very jealous of anything that, as he perceived it, took me away from
0: him. Did your family pick up on his shitty behavior? No. No. <laughs> yeah.
2: I ran interference. I was just running. I was constantly running interference between him and my family and, like, trying to protect them from him and his rage and his anger, you know. Okay, so
0: we we obviously see in this story, like, over this vacation, how incredibly needy Ted is I remember you writing that he's claiming you don't love him anymore you're not giving him enough attention things like that but then he literally accuses you of being a lesbian Mm -hmm. will you walk us through the events that happened and what transpired in that argument I'm so glad
2: I can laugh about this now because it was not funny then but Now it is funny for a lot of reasons, which will come up later as the story progresses. So where the bedroom that we were in had two twin beds. Yeah. It was kind of Ozzie and Harriet kind of a thing going on, but we had pushed them together, but they were just like old beds and they were rickety. And you know, it's just, I mean, we, we had had been intimate. I mean, it wasn't that it just like, he was mad because I wasn't like touching him. I wasn't holding his hand. I wasn't like, um, sitting close to him or anything like that kind of thing. It just went on and on and on and on and on until finally he just screamed out, well, I know the truth about you. I'm just like, oh God, what? What is the truth? Please edify me. And he's like, you're a lesbian. And of course, I'm just, of all the things that he could have said, that was about like number 7,000 million on the list down low. I'm just like, what the fuck are you even talking about? He's like, well, that's just the only answer. That's the only answer because you certainly, you know, aren't acting like you want me. Um, and this was only like three days into the trip that he has this complete freak out meltdown. And so, of course, you know, it, it worked. It did what he wanted it to do, which was, you know, I refocused
0: my attention on him. And by the way, we love lesbians. So no, no mean comments to that. Oh, I was um, say no. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I at mean, that you point, know. you're probably like, keep it up, buddy. You're going to make me a lesbian. Okay. Anna and her family had spent the day visiting with her very dear friend's five-year-old granddaughter. During each annual vacation, the little girl would come over to the vacation house to visit and play with the rest of the kids. By midday, Anna was finally able to calm Ted down, so she made plans for just the two of them to go into Savannah that night for a tour and dinner. On the way into Savannah, Anna had planned to also drop off her dear friend's sweet little granddaughter. Anna's friend lived close by to where they were going, so it was a simple pit stop. But as they were getting ready to head out, Ted became enraged because they were running late because the little girl could not find her sandpail and was very upset. So on the drive, Ted was yelling and cursing with the little five-year-old in the back seat. Anna was horrified. And nothing she said would calm his ass down. And when they arrived to Anna's friend's home, Ted had the nerve to even be rude to her friend. Anna was absolutely embarrassed. Needless to say, that trip was awful. And unfortunately, the next trip was much, much worse. Here is Elizabeth, Anna's daughter.
1: Assuming that she never told you about some of his anger issues then either.
3: No, I, I didn't really know. The first time that I saw his anger, uh, we were at the beach and, you know, he was angry that we were spending time with the family and she wasn't just with him. So his little ego was hurt and he didn't know that I was there and it, it was bad. It was really, really bad. He made that trip miserable. he That was the first time I really saw him angry. And it, it was worse than anything I'd ever seen in my life.
0: In 2018, Anna and Ted moved to a new house. Ted had chosen it and it was a rental, but it was truly lovely. It was large, it had a nice pool, and it was in an excellent neighborhood. They moved in that April, and they really enjoyed the new house. Anna thought things might get better, and they did for a while.
2: It was 2018 is when everything cratered in our marriage. Not at the beginning of the year, but toward the end of the year. Um, But at the beginning of the year, I had started my new job. Things were going really well. His job was going really well. And he wanted to move to a different house. And so I actually, as part of my job, I travel with my job and I was traveling and got a call from him where he said, Hey, uh, surprise when you get back, we're moving. And I'm like, we're what? Like we're moving. Like while I was gone, he had rented a home and signed a lease. <laughs> Yeah, but um house was amazing and we moved in and the thing that the thing is about that that time frame was that i i don't think i realized that he was spinning out internally to the level that he was people like him they need like they need like stimulation you know what i mean like something has to be going on or else they cannot, they're not comfortable in their own skin. Mm -hmm. If things are calm and easy and smooth, then, you know, they start their skin. I Literally, you know, the visualization I have is like the skin starts crawling underneath,
0: like their demons come out, you know, but whenever they, mm
2: -hmm. when they say that,
0: yeah, that something's a brewing. Yep. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's why it's, yeah. I get nervous. When my ex was too quiet, I was like, uh-oh, storm's coming. When
2: things are going really, really well and things are calm, that's when you need to be really worried because they can't stay, that. they cannot stay like that long. Spot and on. sure enough, you know, that's
0: true. That summer, Anna's niece was married on the island where they had previously vacationed earlier in the year. And the planning was Crazy. Anna was the officiant, so she had to go early for the rehearsal dinner and Ted would fly in about a week or so later with her son. The night before they flew in, Anna was watching a movie with her six nieces and Ted called her. Anna asked Ted just to hang tight for one second so that she could walk outside and talk to him because the movie was really loud. Ted's response was to hang up on her and then block her. Super mature, right? Thankfully, by the time Ted had arrived, he was fine for the wedding. But afterward, he started in even worse than the last time. Nothing she said or did was ever good enough. And though even both vacations to the island with Ted were very shitty, there was one difference. This trip, he was on his phone nonstop. Ted was constantly on the phone with Dale, and Dale was even calling. Anna when Ted would not answer Dale's phone calls. I was curious, and I think our listeners will be curious, did Ted ever in the past or while you were with him take any type of medication for anxiety or depression or bipolar or anything that he had even been diagnosed with?
2: No, not really. It was basically self-medicating because he started smoking hella weed. You know, I didn't really like it at all, obviously, because of what I do. I will say that I did like the fact that when he was high, he was chill. And he was actually kind of level. And he wasn't angry at me. And he wasn't angry at the world when he was high. And, you know, he wasn't raging about his job or things like that. And so as much as I didn't like him smoking out all the time, um, I did like him not being, um, a wound tight asshole. <laughs> um, when he was high. I I'll, I'll touch on this or discuss this a lot like later, like down the line with that year. But, um, what I did not know was that he
0: was also abusing prescription medications. The place that you would take your annual vacation. This is also the place that your niece gets married. Yeah. Only like, what, a handful of months after you'd moved into this new home that you guys are enjoying and loving. And so we see just this shitty side of Ted. No different from the last trip, really. He, But he was calling you and basically trying to ruin your time there. It sounded like he was super, super needy. Why do you think he was being so needy at this point? What do you think had changed so much from the Ted that you knew previously who was so confident?
2: I don't really know. He and my son flew in, not on the same plane, but they kind of landed about the same time. So um, Ted calls me from the airport and he's like raging, of course. And uh, they lost his luggage. That's right. And... (laughs) So thank that was you karma. Story. Thank so, you. I know. I was just like, <laughs> oh, grand. This is just what I needed. My niece is getting married tomorrow. It's a destination wedding. People are coming in all over the place. We're going back and forth to the fucking airport, and they lose his luggage. So I'm just like, okay, I'll take care of it. But what was weird was like he perseverated on that piece of luggage the whole trip, and he escalated it with the. Um, airline and told the airline that he had like um super expensive stuff in the luggage and like he was filing a compensation claim for like several thousand dollars for his lost piece of luggage and that was just another one of those
0: super miserable trips. You did notice Ted being on his phone non-stop as well. Yes. During this time. Yes. Did you ever suspect that he was cheating or that something sketchy was going on like in regards to Dale?
2: I did not think that he was cheating. However, the person that he was on the phone with all the time was Dale. You know, that, that deal with him, his, with Dale, was so strange because he became someone that was, I believe, even more important to him than I was in his life. It was a very odd, very weird relationship. I believe that they had a lot of secrets that they were keeping for each other And I do believe that Dale used his status um, in the organization where they worked um, as a tool of manipulation and control over Ted.
0: When Anna and Ted returned home, it got even worse. I mean, really bad. Ted was angry at her all of the time. She could do nothing right. When Anna would go to yoga, he would accuse her of meeting someone else. If she had dinner with a friend, he would say that she was out meeting a man. Next, Ted started to follow Anna to prove how much he did not trust her. And of course, none of his accusations were true. Also, let's not forget that whatever they accuse you of doing, they are obviously doing themselves
2: you know it was just one of those deals where um like i couldn't breathe right i would be vacuuming the floor or cleaning um and he would like look at me and he would be like what's what's wrong with you what are you mad about and i'm just like nothing i'm not mad about anything it's like why do you have that sour look on your face i'm vacuuming the
0: carpet i'm not you're like thanks babe this is my resting bitch face i suppose like what do you I want guess to i mean I never thought I had RBF, but apparently
2: <laughs> I was, like vacuuming bitch face because every time I vacuumed, he would say something to me about it, you know, or if I was like cleaning or doing laundry or anything like that, he would make these comments about like, you know, what's wrong with you? Why are you so mad? Do you want me to help you? If you want help, just ask. Anyway, it got so bad, like just, and I'm just talking specifically about this one thing that just got so bad that like. I didn't clean a house unless he wasn't there.
0: He also starts accusing you of having multiple Instagram pages. And he is, like, accusing you. Is he accusing you of, like, cheating? Is that what he's thinking? Yes. Oh yes.
2: Oh, yes.
0: gosh. So paranoia again. Jealousy again. And as we later find out very soon that, again, mirroring his own. Yeah. His own shit that he's doing. Yeah. So tell us about the Instagram debacle. So-
2: I fully admit I did. I had like four Instagrams. Okay. But not because I was doing shady shit, but because I can't remember my password for anything ever. And so rather than go through the whole mess of like, like if I got a new phone or something, you know, you have to log all back into your apps. This was before like the cloud was a thing and it would just like automatically just download on your phone. Um, You had to remember your login and stuff. And so I never could remember my login And so every time I got a new phone or something like that happened or I got logged out, I just made a new Instagram and you know, I I never deleted the old one because you know, I didn't have the password to delete them. So I did have a few out there, uh, but I told him that I was like, Oh crap. I got to make another Instagram because you know, this one, I lost this one. So he had zero social media. Like he, he made, it was a point of pride that he had no social media. But he decided to do an Instagram. He decided to make an Instagram, and um, boy, that didn't last long. I mean, just like I think within a month or so, he was he was fighting with people and making nasty comments to people, and you know, getting oh, flagged God. for like no, you know, I was say, that is a like bad that. idea. <laughs> I know, it was like bad idea jeans for him to have an Instagram. But when he had the Instagram, what he used it for was more or less to just stalk me and to watch what I was doing and. He accused me of being on dating sites. He did. Um, oh, man. He had told me that, like, one of his coworkers had found out that his wife was on a dating site. And so it was odd that, like, two weeks later, he's accusing me of doing that. It was so not true. I mean, yeah. like, I, you know, when I say I love this man, I can't express how much I loved this man. I had no desire to be with anyone else, to talk to anybody else, nothing. Because um,
0: I loved him. Like, yeah, loved him. Yeah. Um, like you I would have never gone knew. through. Yeah, you would have put yourself through all this if you didn't love him. I, right. I could tell from the moment I I read your story. You had endless love for Ted, endless, yeah. and he is. He was so, he was so lucky, and he'll never even know that, which is very sad.
2: Yeah, it like, is sad, and it was so confusing to me because, like, he was my world. I mean, like, he was everything to me. And I made him my world, and I treated him like a king. Like I doted on that man, and I, I, you know, even as the as 2018 and everything's hitting the fan, I'm still reading to him every single night. I'm still rubbing coconut oil in his hair every single night. I'm still patting his back. He likes me to pat his back until he fell asleep, like a fucking baby.
0: I was still doing all. I know of you're that. so nice. You're making me teary. Stop it.
2: <laughs> you know, and so
0: I was still loving him. That so hurts the most sometimes, I think. We give yeah. so much. We love them so much. It doesn't even matter.
2: When you try to defend yourself, then it sounds like you're being defensive.
0: And guilty. I know, right? Yeah,
2: like you're guilty and like you've done something. Um, and the more you try to defend yourself, the more guilty you look, you know? Um, yes. so it was and you're so probably hard.
0: defending yourself with so much emotion because... I mean, how could you not be emotional when he's accusing you of these things and you're dealing with so much of his bullshit and it's just like, no. the audacity. Like, I, know. I mean, of course you're gonna feel defensive. Like, are you fucking kidding? It was heartbreaking.
2: You know what I mean? It was just heartbreaking.
0: Anna's friend, Stephanie.
2: I know she was very unhappy at that point. And it was at that point, I was like, girl, you need to get
3: a fuck you fund. You need to find a way... That if this is going to fall apart, you have a way to take care of yourself. So I tried to be very honest with Anna about,
2: you know, honest but tactful with Anna about some of the things I was concerned about in the relationship. That's kind of where the fuck you fun came in because I really wanted her to protect herself. Like At that point, she wasn't wanting to leave him, but he was doing things that were just suspicious in my opinion. She wasn't saying that, but it just seemed... Like, this isn't a healthy relationship. This isn't going to last.
0: All too soon, the summer ended and October rolled around. Ted was increasingly angry, increasingly absent. And Ted would leave before Anna even woke up on Saturday morning. And when she would call him to see where he was, he wouldn't even answer. But when Ted got home, he would say he was out looking for garage sales He would go get coffee for her, and then he would come back two hours later with hot coffee. Ted's excuse was that the line was too long at the one near their home. So he, of course, had to go to a much further away one. Another thing he would do that struck her as very odd was the fact that he would tell Anna that he was taking their 30-pound pug to the dog park. The pug's name is Pig, and that dog hated the dog park. With all of Ted's very erratic behavior, Anna was very much looking forward to taking her teens on a retreat. With Anna's job, she would take them on retreats about three times a year. And that October, they were gonna go hiking in Arkansas. She took 14 teens on that trip. When they have these retreats, one of her favorite things is making the meals for the kids. And Ted knew how much the retreats meant to Anna and how much focus she had to give these teenagers. So of course, Ted had to have a full-on meltdown while she was gone.
2: Just to set the stage, he habitually would pull some kind of shit every time I was on retreat. So um, in my job, I work with adolescents and um, all the adolescents that I work with are working to be in recovery from addiction. They all suffer with trauma you know, mental health issues. Um, but the, you know, the, the overarching thing is, you know, their addiction. As part of their recovery, my program, we take them to like various places throughout the year and do these really cool fun retreats so that they can kind of unplug and disconnect. I always joke, you know, I eat, sleep and shit with these kids, you know? And it creates just this level of trust that they have with me. Um, and I get to know them a lot better when we do these retreats. And so that's part of my job. And so retreat time, you know, I'm, I have to be on from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to sleep because I'm responsible for, I think at this, this particular trip, we had 16, 15 or 16 teenagers. He had called me and said that, no, yeah, yeah, it was that morning. He had made a mistake at work. And um, his boss was it was an, it was a costly mistake, and so his boss was basically like, "You're going to have to reimburse us for this amount of money because you your mistake cost us this money. So, um, you know, your next check this is going to be deducted." Well, that pissed him off really bad. So I check in with him at lunchtime, and he was like, "You know, it's it's good. So far, it was so good. It's going well. Da da da." And I was like, "I'm so proud of you because you're handling all of this so well." Spoke way too soon. Because um, that night, that evening, I'm actually cooking dinner for, mm, I don't know, 22 people because of the teens and the staff that I was cooking dinner for. So you can imagine what that is like cooking for that many people. um, Very, you know, I'm having to be really managing my time and stuff. And my phone is blowing up while I'm doing this. And so finally, I have a second to sit down and I can look at my phone and it's Ted. I mean, like, I haven't seen a rampage like that. Was This is the worst one he ever was on. Like, and that says something. He was just raging about his job and his boss and that motherfucker, and I hate him, and I'm going to kill his kids, and, you know, just, like, all this. He had texted me, and so he's like, I'm quitting my job, I'm quitting my job. And so I'm distracted, i got all these kids, blah, 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 all this stuff going on, and this. And so I just kind of, I was trying to appease him and stuff. And finally, I was just like, God damn it, I've had it. So I just texted him. I said, that's fine. You know, go ahead and tell the landlord that we're moving. And we'll just move to an apartment. No big deal. We'll just live on my income. Fine. Not a a, a thing at all. Well, that set him off on 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 a way that
3: i can't describe
2: it's just him berating me screaming at me yelling at me calling me telling me that um when i got home to pack my shit and get out that he didn't want to see me ever again that he hated me that he was divorcing me that um it it just went on and on and on and on to the point that you know like i'm trying to maintain professionalism i'm trying to interact with these kids my executive director's here but He was relentless.
0: Ted would say absolutely cruel things about Anna. He told her that he believed that she was having an affair with her boss, who was also on the trip. Next, he accused her of not actually being with the kids. It's kind of funny because Ted had dropped her off at her work before she left, and he saw all of the children. And of course, this is all happening while Anna is trying to run the retreat, which is very work intensive. Ted had berated her to the point that she could not even function. She had to ask her boss to take over so that she could settle herself enough to be able to be around the teens and not worry them. And those kids loved her so much and they could tell when things were not good and they worried. Anna's daughter had this to say.
1: Did your brothers or your mom talk about things? Because towards the end, when it was kind of wishy-washy and things were coming, you know, Mm -hmm. is that when they kind of started filling you in and you guys started talking more? Because
3: it seems like she kind of just left you out of it for the most part as you were a teenager. I was. And, you know my oldest brother is 10 years older than me. And then my other brother is seven years older than me. So they were mature enough to know more. Uh, But it wasn't until everything went down that they told me that they really hated him and they never had a good feeling from him, never had a good vibe from him. So the ones that really had no idea were myself and my grandparents. I mean, my grandparents adored him. He would just put on this big facade. I mean, we would have, Sunday lunch every single Sunday. And he would just woo them. And, you know, he would tell my grandmother that he wanted to open a food truck with her food because it was so wonderful. And he loved—he never stopped love bombing me and my grandparents. Wow. He never stopped the love bombing. And so I didn't see any of those behaviors or knew about any of those behaviors or experiences until my brothers told me,
2: because my brothers
3: told me, Long before my mom did, so.
1: Oh, well, yeah, and them being older and out of the house and not living with Ted and your mom, they
3: probably,
1: they're a little bit more removed from it, and they probably weren't receiving the love bombing. Did Ted try to
3: love bomb either of the boys, or is he, like, he kind of just knew they weren't going to fall for that shit? I think at the start, he may have tried to love bomb them, um... Around the holidays is when he would do his love bombing. Like for Christmas, he would always go all out and there would just be gifts upon gifts upon gifts. That was him. Love bombing us was gifts. That's the way that he, because I, I I don't know if my mom has spelled you in on the boy's dad, but the boy's dad had a lot of problems. Right. And you know, that are at no fault to him. I mean, he can't, he can't help it. I'm sure she spelled you in, but Because of that, you know, the boys, when they were growing up, you know, we we didn't have a lot. And, you know, that's why my mom was drawn to my dad. Because my dad was extremely successful. But then he was the same kind of way towards the boys. So I think at the start, Ted's love bombing was buying us things and that kind of stuff. So my oldest brother, I think, had kind of seen more through it but he also wasn't around much my second brother he he was around more so I think he saw through more of Ted's bullshit but you know the boys were always so protective of me because they were old enough to remember what it was like living with my dad Mm -hmm. um and because of that I think like we discussed earlier I think they just wanted to keep me in this bubble Mm -hmm. and and keep me with these rose-colored glasses you know I know after going through two, you know, abusive
1: marriages and to see Ted being so kind to her children and gifting them and love bombing them, even if he was Mm -hmm. treating her like shit, I can see how psychologically as a mother, like, oh, you know, he can treat me like crap, but at least my kids have a good stand-up guy.
3: Yeah. And I think that's exactly what she was probably thinking.
0: When Anna came home, things were okay. Ted was still on his phone a lot but he would show her the text and he would say that they were from Dale. Ted left his phone out and face up and Anna trusted him. Anna believed that Ted loved her like she loved him fully and wholly but as she would soon find out he did not. Did you have any sense that this was that pivotal turning point that things were going to be coming to an end. Was that even in your thought process or were you just thinking you did? Okay. It was, we had started to have some conversations like
2: in November of that year, you know, we had talked about that things weren't good. Um, I told him, you know, I felt like he just had uh, one foot out the door all the time and I was confused and I didn't understand it. You know, and that's when he kind of threw the menopause thing at me. And, you know, we were we were actually having some rational conversations about the possibility of separating. Um, of course, he was in his affair at that point in time, which I did not know. I told him, I said, you know what, if we separate, it's just kind of pointless. We'll just get a divorce. It'll just be done. And he was like, no, 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 I don't want a divorce. You know, things started to get a little bit better.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, I guess Christmas was coming. We didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to rock the boat. I felt like maybe things were normalizing and we could get back on the same, on the right path. But, you know, if I was really honest with myself in my gut, I knew that it was, that it was probably
0: done. Sometimes the highs and the lows, they just become your norm. And so you don't even realize that this relationship you're in is so unhealthy. Do you feel like that was true for you? I do.
2: Yeah. It just kind of like, it becomes the norm It just kind of becomes what, what it is, what you're just, this is honestly what I thought to myself was you did this to yourself. This is your lot in life. This is a choice you made. Um, deal with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Goodness. I mean, you know, and the truth of the matter was, is like, I loved him so much, but I was also, I was miserable during that time. It was just miserable. Like he was so mean to me and just, um, degrading and cutting and um just cruel i'm sure you'd lost yourself as oh. well in this yeah i didn't even recognize myself in the mirror anymore
1: next week on the x-files
2: yeah this is one of those things that's just hard for me to talk about because it was just so horribly cruel and he just dismissed it i think i would had the cast on my arm for about maybe three weeks te- leaned over to me and he said switch me seats He grabbed, you know, my arm that had a cast on it, and he took the cast. He, like, twisted it. The pain was indescribable pain. I I mean, I, like, literally screamed because the pain was so bad. He broke my stitches. Blood is, like, coming out of my cast, pouring out of my hand. And I kept telling him, look what you did this. Look what you did. And I was like, you are not there. You are not there. You are not there. Where the fuck are you? And where have you been? What have you been doing? Then he said, well, I just got home. Where are you? And I said, I'm out trying to find your lying ass. Um, When I walked in the door, he was sitting there with a packed overnight bag and backpack full of his stuff. And the dog tucked under his arm. And he said, I can't be with someone who doesn't trust me. I remember he turned around. He looked at me. And he said, you know, I do love you. I really love you. And to With his hand on the doorknob, you know. And I remember I looked up at him and I just said, then please stay.
0: Hey X-Fans, if you haven't quite got your full fix of X-Files undercover or The X-Files, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and join our Facebook group. Make sure to also follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave us a five-star review.